It's wild But how many of us really get that opportunity and how many of us aren't pushed out or crash and burn even by our own mistakes or bad moves that are able to continue to sustain and grow? And I think that presence and that continuing to show up and push through in spite of the adversities and the obstacles is where the confidence comes. Because right now it'd be pretty hard to shake me. It'd be pretty hard to rattle me. Welcome to the Wild D Podcast, where our primary goal is to keep you informed and to be your central point of contact for what's happening around us. And anytime we get a chance, we like to give you something to think about. So if you're new to the show, we cover a wide range of topics from society to sobriety, from the culture to the vultures. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. In today's discussion, we meet up with a close friend of mine, somebody that I studied closely and has mentored me through corporate America, Mr. Brian Martin, founder of the Bright Star Collective, talking about entertainment strategy and learning and how those worlds intertwine with what he does in corporate America. It's a lot of great stuff, so please buckle up. And while you're at it, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you. So thank you for your support, your feedback, and your ratings. Now let's get into it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's a beautiful day. I'm excited today because not only do I have a partner in crime, Joel, I'm also partnered up with somebody inspirational to me. I've been able to watch him do a lot of moving around and uh, he's a mover and shaker in many industries. Um, I'm going to stop keeping you on the edge of your seat and I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. And uh, Joe and Brian, how are y'all doing today? Good, good. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing, I'm doing good, Finn. I'm a little, little upset with you though. I got to say, I, I'm so tired of you coming on here and telling us about that beautiful weather you got. I'm looking at a high <laughs> of 36 today, Ooh. 29 right now, but but the good part about it is sunny, so I'm still gonna go steal some of that vitamin D. Bro, I'm with but, you, Joe. He got. I yeah. mean, I'm in Vegas. It's 41 right now, and I think our high today is only 60. So I'm I'm kind of hating too. Well, I was I was actually feeling bad about seeing it because our high is gonna be like 65. It's 61 right now, you know. And now I feel a whole lot better about my current situation. Yeah, yeah. So I, that, that lets you know it's all about perspective. And, and that's why I'm excited today because B, hopefully you can give us a lot of perspective. I know that um, on the journey, probably like going back, maybe let's say five, six, seven years ago, yeah, um, met you and, and you brought a lot of perspective into my life, my game, and also what is an expectation, but also how we can contribute on a higher level. And sometimes we need to contribute at a higher level. So with that, Hopefully we're able to get into a lot, but what I want to do is kick it over to Joel because Joel's going to take the lead in having most of this conversation. I'll just come in with a couple of questions here and there. So Joel, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off to you. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, Brian, first off, I want to say thanks for popping on. Um, we just recently had the opportunity to meet, but even before that, I've been hearing good things about you for, for a while, for a while. And I'm excited for the audience. Uh, to get to know a little bit more about you. So normally the way we want to start off is just kind of telling us who you are, a little bit about background, you know, that that process, that journey to where you are now. Um, so, because you can tell that story better than we can. So just, <laughs> you know, just kind of telling us, you know, who Brian is, where he came from, the journey, what he's doing now. And then from there, we're going to have some really, really interesting topics to jump in. Cool. Well, first of all, I want to tell you guys, thank you for having me and congratulations on the success of the show. Um, as you both know, I've been a fan and, you know, absolutely know you guys are going to continue from this point on and take this to into the stratosphere. The content is so rich. So I'm happy to be here. Um, a little bit about my story. You know, I've 
it's kind of a hodgepodge. I often don't know where to begin, but, you know, I grew up in Southern California. You know, my dad's in the entertainment industry, you know, two hardworking parents, um, Inglewood, California, you know, in South Central, but not necessarily in the hood. Um, and, you know, being exposed to that, you know, growing up in LA during the time when gangs and the blood and the crips were coming into existence and prominence and crack cocaine. So, you know, just being around that environment, um, kind of is where my life started, you know, the good, the bad, and everything came with that. And then, you know, onward after that, growing up, um, started my career, which started very early. Um, I was tapped and put into, you know, just blessings really that I have to acknowledge, you know, put into some corporate environments and given opportunities that people that look like you and I don't typically get, especially at the age that I was given those opportunities, you know, somebody uh, or people, you know, have always seen talent or something in me. And if, you know, throughout my life have presented opportunities that have allowed me to grow and be exposed and to, you know, identify what my talents and strengths are, but really most importantly to develop them. Um, so after 30, about 30 years in corporate America, working domestic and internationally for some pretty big and well-known companies, um, in 2012, I kind of went back to my roots and went back to entertainment. I'd always had friends in the music and entertainment industry, but started dabbling with writing music and you know, I've kind of become known as a fixer, you know, somebody comes to and there's an issue behind the scenes. So helping people kind of navigate through situations. And that's where my company, which started out as Bright Star Entertainment, um, started. Fast forward to now, we've now evolved and changed and grown to what I now call the Bright Star Collective. And what the collective is, you know, it's kind of a triple entendre, if you will, because it it speaks to, you know, my collective talents, my collective interest, and me giving myself permission to exist in multiple places and to flex my muscles, um, be it artistic, be it creative, you know, business acumen, um, and then the strategic work I do. And then the collective also speaks to the partners that I bring in, which are best in class subject matter experts, much like Dwayne, because we have DEI conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion all the time. So I also have this circle of people that bring up the collective that if I have an engagement or a project, rather than carrying a whole staff that I can't afford to maintain, I can tap in and say, I got this project I need to bring you in on, right? Or if I'm focusing on, you know, electronic medical records, my girl Imani is, uh, you know, my beast, right? So the collective isn't just my immediate team, it's that circle of people that are also entrepreneurs and Finn, as you said, movers and shakers that, you know, I could bring on for projects and vice versa. So that's kind of, you know, the, the extended version on, on who I am and, and where I am at this point in my career, Joe. No, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that too. And, and yeah. immediately I had questions just kind of flowing into my mind and I'm thinking yeah. about someone like myself. And one of the things I wish I had was somebody when I was younger to grab me and shake me and say, Hey, things are actually possible. Yeah. Now here, I'm going to walk with you till you get there as opposed to you can do this and I'll go out there and do it. Yeah. So from your perspective, um, being put into position based on the skills that you already had, somebody had to see what you had available to put you in those positions. What would you share with somebody who may not necessarily be able to fully display their potential and how they get to that next level? You know, for me, that's a, that's a really difficult question because what I'll tell you in the instances that somebody has come to me and presented an opportunity, in every one of those instances, it was a situation with situations where I didn't even know I was being watched. So I guess what I will say to you is that you're being watched, especially people that look like us, because keep in mind, I was always the only black person in the room. I'm a big dude. And in corporate America, I was talking to a buddy just yesterday. We learned to shrink ourselves, you know, to be there, but not be there, right? To be there, but not be heard, to be there, but not to be seen as an obstruction or a distraction. 
Um, so we're shrinking ourselves, but what you're also doing, if you're smart, in my opinion, is you're a sponge and you're taking it all in, the good, the bad, the ugly, and I'm processing shit all the time. Um, so I'll say to you that, you know, represent your brand, show up, you know, present yourself in your best light. Cause again, you don't know when people are watching and some of the talents that were recognized in me by others, which are frankly white men, you know, who recognize, you know, that I have a way of bringing people together, that I can be a conduit between, you know, white corporate America and brown frontline workers who don't often speak the same language, who don't understand what each other are saying, but more often than not are really trying to achieve the same goal but they can't forge a pathway to get there because everybody's bringing their experiences, their biases, their fears or insecurities all to the table. So you can't even navigate to that to start working toward the goal till you get a foundational understanding. So that was, you know, that ability to bring people together, that ability to communicate in different ways that people understood me was something I didn't know I possessed. Wow, that's, that's awesome. And uh, Brian, it makes me think, I believe that all of us have a superpower. And oh, our superpower is that ability that this is the one thing that I have that I can be amazing at. Mm-hmm. The difficulty is figuring out what that is sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, like, like most guys in my neighborhood, I thought it was basketball. So I pursued that all the way up through college. Mm-hmm. Got to college and was like, this might not be my superpower. Yeah, as yeah. I'm seeing other guys and they're still going up and I'm staying stagnant. Mm-hmm. And then I start thinking about in corporate America. And what we always say is you want to make sure you do something that you could do for free. And I said, well, I I could play basketball for free, but what if I'm not good enough to, so then I'm thinking, okay, so that's not my skill. What is it really? So I just want to say this and get your thought on it. What I had to come to the, come to terms with was the question, what's the meaning of life? What what are we here for? And I said, well, everybody's got a purpose, but what's that purpose? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what's my, what's my superhuman ability? What's my, my power to be a part of the Avengers? Well, I can communicate, okay. That's my skill. Now, how can I use that to serve somebody else? That's probably what my purpose is. Love it. I've been blessed with this. How can I use this to help somebody else? So number one, I want to get your thoughts on that and see kind of how that showed up in your life, in your journey. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I would just add to it in that I think you have, we all have multiple superpowers. Um, I think we have, multiple journeys and reasons for existence. I think that they show up and manifest at different points in our journey. And we may choose to embrace and lean into them at different points in our lives, right? So bridge builder, you know, but I also know that, you know, and I think Dwayne can speak to this, um, perceptions are really something. So I learned the value of kind of the shock and awe campaign, you know, much like I always joke about the first time I met Dwayne, this ball of testosterone just rolled up on me you know, but in the most welcoming and friendly way. But I was like, yo, (laughs) what is this? You know, because typically my experience hasn't been that another brother will approach me in a corporate space and say, welcome. And I want to know you and I want to, and I was so not prepared for that. It instantly put me on guard because in my mind, there were ulterior motives there. And what the fuck is he, why? Right. Fast forward within a week. I knew this brother and I were gonna be like family forever. And I cannot tell you how many hours we've spent talking and just kind of analyzing life. So, you know, where I'm going with this is that the different experiences can trigger, you know, activation in those different superpowers. And I think it's just being mindful and in the moment of how do I use these powers for the most good? Because I know I've got the power of influence. I know that I can 
get them, drive a message home, be it facilitating a class or moderating a group. I can do that, you know, and that's not being cocky. I've got receipts. I can do that. Where I've got to be mindful of where the responsibility comes in to all of us is using those powers for good, right? Because that same influence, that same energy could be really in use to, to do some destructive work. Um, and, and that's why I have to be careful because I'm a Gemini. You know, I rock with you or I don't. There's not a lot of middle ground. So if you on that, I don't list. I've got to make sure I'm not using these powers for bad. The way you see me use my powers for bad, it ain't good. <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's that. And, and then, you know, just kind of leaning in to the other areas where you naturally have passion. I loved your analogy about doing things you do for free. You know, doing finding things you do for free. Um, good or bad, you know, I do a lot of things and have done a lot of things for free. <laughs> um, you know, probably more than I should have. But at the same time, I think it's my responsibility to try to help. And what happens that it probably works to my detriment financially is if I hear a situation, I'm jumping in trying to provide a solution. We haven't signed a contract, we haven't signed the NDA, but I'm like, okay, first thing off the top of my head is go do this. And that is probably a billable solution that I've just given away. <laughs> but it is what it is, right? Um, and hopefully that's my contribution to the universe. <laughs> awesome, that good energy, I love it. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, to kind of double down on your point, Finn and I had a similar introduction, but it was on a call. We hadn't wow. met before, but it, it was some things that he was saying, you know, to me, just regular conversation. I was like, this okay. He's an this oracle, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then we wound up connecting on some other stuff and partnering, working together. And I was like, okay, same thing. Like, this is a real good dude right here. I could, oh, I can man. continue to maintain a relationship. And when I feel, think about superpowers, I'm like, for whatever reason, people are just drawn to him, like moth to a flame, just drawn to him, yeah. sitting at his feet. I want to hear what you got to say. So, Finn, I'd like to just ask you real quick, similar to, you know, what Brian was just mentioning, for you, your superpower as it shows up right now, how do you how do you leverage that for not just corporate but personal, and then kind of tying that back to what Brian was saying? Yeah. So, well, keep in mind, I grew up, and it's six of us, right? So, it's a total of three boys, three girls. Wow. You got to stand out for something. I'm sharing attention. I'm trying to buy for attention all the time. So um, I learned pretty early that I might be good at something that somebody else is doing. But for me, how I was going to stand out or how I was going to bring my contribution was balance. So I, I never tried to be the the master of one type of trade. I'm like, okay, let me just do multiple things. So if it's playing sports with my brother, that's what I'll do. But when the grades come home, I need to be able to show that I'm academically strong as well, right? And I look at my foundation, whether it's entertainment, also corporate America, is I have a diverse set of skills. I always look at it as far as building a home. And I start with this skill that I'm doing over here, whether left or right, I need to figure out where I'm going to place this brick and how that can help me as I'm building this whole house for what my future is. I'll tell you this. In spaces that are, I guess it's, it's a limited opportunity for me to learn from certain mentors or certain people. I try to learn from everybody. I think that's one of the things I try to identify a mentor if I'm new to a space, but if I don't get one, I don't have one. Observation is key too. You can learn from everybody if you just sit back and you watch instead of just coming in and saying, hey, look, I have all of the decisions. I, this is what I did previously. How do I keep that beginner's mindset? That's been one thing that's helped me tremendously. 
Love that. Awesome. And, and I tell you why I asked that question, Finn, because I wanted to tie it into this next question, because I think all three of us can relate to this. When you, when you have artistry in your background, um, that creative niche. So Brian, I want to come to you now. How do, number one, how does that creative niche that you have specifically in entertainment show up in corporate? And then on the flip side, how does it show up in entertainment? And where do you see it showing up more? A very good question. And initially, my initial gut answer is that the business acumen shows up more in the creative spaces because people don't expect it, right? They see me, you know, with Max and doing or on stage and at the studio, but they, and Dwayne to say, I don't talk a lot about, I've done, I'm not that dude, right? So I just kind of show up and I kind of love people letting, letting people form their own perception because I kind of know what's dwelling underneath the surface, right? So there's power in that for me. Um, Again, using that power for good, that's not always good. But but to go back to your question, you know, when you're having a business conversation in a creative space and you're able to question a business proposal or situation and pose it in a way that people aren't expecting the delivery, the effectiveness, and it for it to be so on point, um, that shows up. Um, and it could be a game-changing moment. It could also be very intimidating for people. So my initial thought was that it shows up more on the creative side, infusing my business background and skills. However, upon thinking about it, and we talked about it in another conversation, we're all facilitators, we're moderators, we are constantly engaging audiences and that's performative, right? So even though the message is sincere, it's from us, we've got to deliver it in a way that we would deliver it differently and talking to just us on the sofa or hanging with the boys, it's got to be kind of wordsmith and groomed in a way that everybody understands. So I think that they're constantly kind of dipping in and out of each other, Joel. And I think it's a kind of a fluid situation. And, you know, if you're good, you're able to flex and lean in, you know, just and pivot as needed. Um, I think that's a good call. One thing that I'll say too is um, I would say maybe like 15 years ago, I was just toying around with different types of experiences, looking up different types of dates. And I stumbled on an improv class. So I decided to go, right? And it, it was really cool to learn, like, just improv overall. Like, so you see Wayne Brady will do it, right? I'm not sure if you've seen those shows and mm-hmm. where they have improv shows, right? And then I was like, okay, this is helping me because I wanted to unlock a certain level of writer's block as a musician or in the entertainment industry. How do I get creative past, like, what's coming my way? And then I noticed in corporate America, when certain questions are asked, I'm like, Oh, this is improv class all day, right? I'm not sure if y'all have noticed that or you've had that journey where you're like, mm-hmm. that came from nowhere, right? You weren't prepared for that and you're just improving right now. So <laughs> from that standpoint, I was like, okay, going back to your question, Joel, these certain skill sets, they show up in these different environments, whether it's going to be corporate America or entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's more like, how do we understand what is interchangeable and how do we utilize that in the space that we're currently in? Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes creativity you're gonna like know what you want as an outcome because you have that voice you have that business acumen in corporate america sometimes it's gonna be not the right time to voice that you know Mm -hmm. so you have to balance that as well because there's a lot more decision makers in the room from a corporate standpoint whereas in the entertainment industry you're pretty much owning your career yes 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 yeah i've definitely had those moments where somebody asks a question you're like and you turn it on and when you're done, you're like, oh, I killed that answer. 
Right. I don't know where that came from, but I, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely, I understand what you're talking about there. And you bring up a good point. Um, and Brian, I want to come back to you again. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of what you said a moment ago, how sometimes it can be intimidating. And I think as you know, the three of us all being Black men, when you show up with a level of confidence and that ability to be creative, that can be intimidating to others because it may not be a skill that they've mastered yet or that they have at all. So thinking about executive presence, how do you, how do you personally manage understanding, all right, I, I want to maintain this presence, but I also don't want to dumb myself down because you mentioned it earlier, sometimes we'll, yeah. we'll make ourselves seem smaller. How do you, at this point in your career, and stay on top of that, where it's like, I'm not afraid to show up as the expert in this situation, because sometimes I, I think twice, like, should I say this? Yeah. I know this, but I don't want to put myself on anybody's radar. Mm -hmm. So for you, how do you maintain that presence? and your superhuman abilities at the same time. Bruh, when I say the word evolution, <laughs> that is truly what it is. So I think of Brian at mid twenties, you know, in a room with C-level senior executives, really not sure why I was there, honored to be there, knew I had to represent the individuals of the company that placed me there. But that was really that point, you know, certainly wasn't gonna speak up, speak when spoken to, um, and even taking that cautious, intentional approach, there was still criticism, there were still accusations, there was still very often these scenarios where it was still not good enough, even though I wasn't even being disruptive, I was seen as a disruptor, right? So I've had my life threatened on job sites, had to be flown out in the dark of night because a bunch of white people didn't want me in the middle of Rochester, Minnesota. And I'm probably sharing too much because it, you know, it's a lot tied to that particular scenario. But fast forward to now, um, I'm no longer employed in corporate America. So when I'm sh now showing up in an executive space, I am on contract and retainer to be there. I am expected to either lead the conversation or, you know, effectively contribute to the conversation. The deliverables and the expectations are very different. And my confidence is nowhere near Brian at 27, right? You know, I, I'm just a different man based on those experiences. And what comes with that is the negative, you know, some of the baggage that comes with it. Um, so, you know, I have to manage that because we all, based on our lived experience in this corporate space, are exposed to so many things that only the three of us and the people that look like us, not even sisters, can fully relate to, nor can we relate to their lived experience because this is uniquely ours, right? And there's so many things that we can't express and share that we take on. You know, we're just constantly taking it on. So now to have the ability to show up, be my authentic self, be mindful of the messaging, use my powers for good, I'm a lot more engaged and open. Whereas before, I'm really one of those people. And, and I, I hate to keep going but to Dwayne, but he's been in meetings with me. I'm not the one that's going to like raise a hand and speak up first. If you call on me, you'll probably, you may regret you did because then I will openly share. But I don't feel a need to be like, call, I got something to say. I'm not that. But now I realize in certain corporate spaces, that is the expectation, right? So um, I think that's where the big difference is, is kind of being in the room, maybe a partial participant to now the expectations that I'm in the room, not only a participant, but I'm often leading the conversation. And so the expectations have changed, have changed I think, as my confidence, as my, uh, awesome. confidence has grown. No, we're, that, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Because yeah. the word that you, that you ended with is the word that stuck to me, which is confidence. Yeah. And, and what I see is a lot of really, really talented people with a little bit of fear because they lack the confidence. Mm -hmm. Is there is there any suggestions or, or anything that you did specifically to build up your confidence? Um, 
I was, you know, and I won't go into a lot of detail about it, just thrust into some very high profile public situations, you know, a couple arriving discrimination, you know, for various reasons, be it base or sexual orientation or just all that nonsensical stuff that we all get faced with. And I think by being forced out there, there was a loss of privacy. There was a little bit of humiliation, well, a lot of humiliation, even being put in this situation because I was never there what I showed up for. Um, but I'm also as, as quiet and in the back as I could be. I've also been a bit of a, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate, you know, I'm a social justice warrior. So if you take me there, we are there now. You know, so when that line is crossed over, that's when, you know, the powers for, it, it goes bad quick. Um, so it's managing that too and, and not taking a scorch and burn approach and burn it down the whole damn house because that's instinctively, you know, by virtue of childhood and environment and, and getting tired of being sick and tired of sick and tired. You know, that's how that comes up. So to answer your question, it's just keep living. Surround yourself with the supportive network, that you can have those moments of sharing with. Cause you know, I've got a circle of brothers like you that we can share these experiences and realize, okay, it's not just me. I knew I wasn't the only talented brother out there. I was the only one in that space in the early nineties that was given that opportunity, but God knows there was tons more like us, but how many of us really get that opportunity and how many of us aren't pushed out or crash and burn even by our own mistakes or bad moves that are able to continue to sustain and grow. And I think that presence and that continuing to show up and push through in spite of the adversities and the obstacles is where the confidence comes. Because right now it'd be pretty hard to shake me. It'd be pretty hard to rattle me, you know, and especially in a corporate, it, it would be really, really difficult. Um, you know, I'm old, you know, and I'm also not here for it. So, you know, I just, I would tell anybody, just keep pushing through and keep showing up and be as authentically yourself as you can. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, it, it, ben, it makes me think um, you and I talk uh, basketball analogies and references all the time. It just makes me think about a, a guy who's not that great a shooter. It's like you just keep on putting up shots, you know, keep on shooting, get the repetitions. Eventually you'll get where you need to get. Man. But it's, it's, it's being able to identify, again, the skills, what your superpower is, and just keep shooting those shots. And I feel like, to your point, I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm 100% there yet, Brian, to be completely honest in terms of that confidence and not easily broken. Mm -hmm. I feel like there are some things that could potentially happen that would make me question, like, yeah. if I was good enough at this, um, but I'm working towards it. And, and I love, you know, this this outlet that um, that Dwayne created because it helps to share some of that information with others who, who might hear it and be mm -hmm. towing the line, like, should I even continue down this path or should yeah. I go this direction? Um, so, so thank you. What you're saying, I mean, even for me, is resonating. It's making me want to stay in there and just keep fighting, keep living, keep fighting. Well, you have to because there's, which I didn't realize, there's people behind us that are, as I said, watching you when you don't know you're being watched. Um, and it's just the the sad and troubling reality. And I think the insurrection, the political landscape and everything around us confirms what we've always said and we're often told wasn't true. There are people there that don't want us at the table. There are people there that resent our strength, our presence, our royalty and everything that just comes with this melanin experience. They hate it. Um, and I can't ignore that fact that now that I've embraced and acknowledged that reality, it's made it even, so to your point about not being there, there Joe, yeah, I don't think, I'm certainly not there. It's an ongoing journey, it's evolutionary. But I think the reality and clarity around what you're dealing with 
gives me the wherewithal to keep showing up. It gives me the wherewithal, even if I'm a moment that I'm not confident, damn it, I'm gonna be confident right now. We're gonna deal with this weakness later, right? You just, you know, it just comes by virtue of lived experience. It really does. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. Hey, question about that. Though. Like, so how does that show up? And then when did you realize that there was a turning point? The reason why I'm asking is because a lot of people right now, they're trying to find their voice. And your call out is that you've been in these spaces, you've been in C-level conversations for at a very early stage in your career. Yeah. So with that being the case, it, there comes a point in time where you learned, you soaked up this knowledge like a sponge, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, now let me utilize the knowledge that I have and the confidence that I have on being in these conversations for a very long time. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are navigating through their career journeys and just now getting that opportunity to be in some of these spaces, mm -hmm. right? And there's also another aspect of it to where it's like, hey, I can't come off too strong, too confident at the beginning because that sets the stage for how I don't want this to go, mm -hmm. especially when I'm not in full control mm -hmm. of the outcome. With that being said, it's more like what type of method or system do you have to where you know your voice? I would say for me personally, this is my thought. Yep. Hanging around and not just soaking, the, soaking up the knowledge of the spaces that I'm not supposed to be in or they're not familiar with me in, but also the knowledge of the people that have like experiences, right? So that, that's you, like learning from you was helpful. There's a few others that really stick out. Conversations that I have with Joel, they're helpful as well. So we're able to kind of like go back and forth mm -hmm. on, hold me accountable. And I think that type of circle of accountability, that counsel has been important in mine. But how about you? Like what system would you say or like what's your tips and tricks? Yeah, um, that, that's, that's a different one because I think you're constantly making that adjustment based on what's happening around you, right? Trying to read the audience, you know, historical perspective. And, and to your point, I don't know that that ever goes away. You know, as resolute as I am in a certain space, because I'm here, I am the facilitator, this is my content I'm delivering. If I'm in a political space or another space, I can very much kind of withdraw back to those old habits because it's unfamiliar, right? So I think it's um, something that, when I get uncomfortable, when I have those moments of uncertainty, you hit the nail on the head. I draw on these experiences, like our conversations, like the network and realize, you know, this is my moment, I gotta show up. And also I've been so fortunate guys that I've been called out by people. You know, we tapped you to be in this space because we need you to show up. And why aren't you showing up? We know there's, there's more in there, you know, why aren't you? pulling it, uh, sharing it. Um, so that when that's a part of the feedback, you know, and it's tied to your competition and, you know, successful, then that will also kind of push you to, to take on some, some uncomfortable topics or, you know, approaches to things. But, um, you know, I just think it's a nuanced situation, Finn, and it's something that, you know, we just always have to be mindful of. And because we do have to adjust our messaging and we do have to be mindful you know, our strength and our presence can even intimidate brothers that look like us that, you know, so when I think about and I often talk about, you know, the black men, you know, we are so on my heart, you know, we, we vote the least, you know, we have all these toxic male issues and baggage that's pushed down on us, but we don't have an outlet to talk about our feelings, our need for therapy, our need for brothership and our need to, to be able to decompress and unpack this stuff so that we're not leading with it in every piece of our engagement with people. And that's what I see happening, you know? So 
um, that's also something that's always, always in the forefront of my mind. So, you know, my showing up, my being an advocate in spaces and my being discussing areas of my life that I don't even think are discussion worthy, you know, it, it kind of has to happen. So it was that kind of call to action, that servitude um, spirit, you know, that service spirit that I think exists um, within so many of us is, is what kind of fuels that and triggers it and helps you make those adjustments. Man, that's powerful. I, I, I love that, man. And, and we talked about something earlier in terms of like your, your artistry or your creative creativity and how that mm -hmm. shows up. But I'm also curious because everything that we're saying, it still takes us back to a reality. Yeah. If you're in corporate America, you're in corporate America. So that's your reality. So now I'm thinking for you, what are some of the main differences outside of the artistry that you see in corporate America versus entertainment? Well, entertainment ultimately is corporate America, right? So when you peel back the onion, the infrastructure, the machine, the decision makers, and who's writing the checks really takes us right back to corporate America. So having that foundation, understanding ROI, understanding the dynamics of business and what is said and isn't said is a huge advantage when you're being on the creative side, trying to represent yourself, your client or your product, right? Um, where the differences were historically, it was that, and Joel, you said it earlier, is that in the creative space, you have autonomy. It is your content. It is your message. This is your expression. And you don't have to edit it or adjust it, you know, because quite often, how many of us get to sell our stuff anyway, right? It doesn't happen, but for such a small amount of people. So for those everyday people that are just creating content or artistic works, you have the ability to make it authentically yours, however you see fit. When it now goes over to the entertainment space, dealing with it right now with the song, I need you to make this adjustment. This isn't radio ready for England. The, you know, now what is this project? It was mine, it was my expression. You know, you can look at it as though now it's a collaborative effort, but the reality of it is no, you've taken, taken this and you made adjustments to it to be able to monetize and market it. And quite often that's necessary, right? Just, just keep it real. Um, but there's also a lot of abuse that goes in that and that's where you know, not knowing your business makes you very vulnerable to being taken advantage of. And I've had far too many friends in the industry and we've all heard the stories that get taken advantage of. And that's something that I work very hard to protect the artists that I work with and myself um, from, from doing, from experiencing that, which is why we create our own content now. That's, that's, that's really important. And it makes me think too, like, how do you protect yourself in a corporate space yeah. compared to how do you protect yourself in an entertainment space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that come with the corporate space. If you're thinking of a traditional corporate infrastructure, in theory, you've got HR, you've got you know, employee engagement groups, you've got this infrastructure of resources in theory that's designed to protect and support you and nurture your growth and development. Well, I think most of us can attest that that model, while well intended it on paper, doesn't always serve people that look like us the best, right? But there are times that it does. When you're on the creative side and you're self-employed and you're out here grinding, you don't have that lifeline, you don't have that outlet. So whether it's effective or not, you have nothing, right? You have to figure it out. And I think that was one of the reasons why I coexisted in both spaces for so long. You know, I had friends that got into, you know, the game that had been performing for years, but frankly, I'm who they come to for a loan, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, well, shit, I gotta keep this job because that stability, that, consistency you know I wasn't up for that grind I wasn't up for that kind of struggle 
I was up for that struggle. I'm between projects. I knew a project was coming, but I wasn't up. I just wasn't up for it. I'm not that dude, right? So, you know, it's it's realizing. And that's how, you know, I go back to when I said about being able to exist in more than one space. You know, there's some benefit for that for some of us. Wow. I think that's that's really good to hear too, because I, I think about, you're right, there, there are things that have been put in place to protect an employee yeah. just in general. But what happens when the system fails you? As we've seen, all, any system that's ever been created, it's failed somebody. Mm-hmm. So when it fails you, how do you protect yourself? Like yeah. mentally, emotionally, what are some of the things that, that you would suggest you, you put in there to make sure that you don't, number one, lose yourself in the moment, but then always get to that place where you feel like this is going to be the, the, my existence forever. Yeah. It's always going to be somebody has it out for me. Mm-hmm. How do I get out of that mindset and still protect myself from things that may happen for real? I think the first word that comes to mind is clarity. So if you know that these dynamics have existed, these dynamics have always existed, and that these models that you say sometimes fail us were never designed for us, we live in a, in a nation that we, we serve under a constitution that was written with us with our oppression in mind, right? Not acknowledging us as a whole person, we're still living under that construct. So I always look at things like this wasn't designed for me. And it's always that awareness that the haters are out there. Haters are gonna hate no matter, and this is beyond race, gender, sexual orientation. It's just a reality. And then it goes back to, you know, I think about our old management meetings, you know, and to answer your question, y'all, if I know what you're looking for, if you're looking for a number of this to be done, then I'm gonna do more than the goal, right? You are not gonna give me what your end game is, be it your expressed end game or your displayed end game. Cause you could be telling me that, you know, my end game is to have this quality product. So I'm like, okay, my pathway to giving you this quality product is this. However, but when you're telling me that your expectation is widgets, widgets don't always, number of widgets completed doesn't always equate to a quality product, right? So I'm focusing my expectations, my execution on what you've shown me, be it verbally communicated or by action. And that's how I make the determination on where I'm going to invest my energy, where I'm going to try to focus my output on so that I can be one step ahead. And that's not always easy and you've often missed the mark, but you know, it, it, it has served me pretty well in a lot of instances. I think that's really cool. And and that's one of the things that I admire about you, your tenacity for being number one. And <laughs> it's, 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 I'll be, I'll be honest, huh? I've never seen, I never, <laughs> most of the nights that I didn't sleep was trying to keep up with you, you know? And I felt like it was a good on, thing man. because I, and I think it's a, <laughs> not in a bad way. It's a good thing because I looked at it like, hey, this is the roadmap for success. A lot of people can put goals out there, right? And But for me, just from a competitive standpoint, I'm the type of person that I would always be the leader or the uh, the colleague that would say, hey, look, this is the strategy that worked for me. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to do it too. So I'm going to give you a tip because it proves to me that I am actually better if I can give you all my secrets mm-hmm. and I still win, right? Hey. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my thought yeah. process. So like, I would try to share as much as I could from you just from a, like a historical standpoint, but you're like, um, hey, I'm gonna welcome you into my office and I'm going to give you my roadmap over these 30 years of experience that I have. <laughs> and then it's shot it's somebody up that didn't know what he was doing. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't know from a, a management level. Never would have guessed level, that. I didn't know what I was doing to 
at least being number two next to whoever's number one, the person that has all the experience. So that just goes to show when you kind of like merge with somebody that you have that experience, you could also mirror them. But Brian, I think one of the great things that you did too is, uh, and I'm using the sports analogy from this one, but like, I kind of look at it like the veteran in the league that's been doing it for a long time, actually playing a player coach role because they just been around, they know how to do it. They know their strategy and their system for execution. But you have the new guy on the block. Typically there's like a little fight between yeah, yeah. them because like, are oh, you coming to take my spot? You know, or that's the type of attitude that would end up coming up. Mm-hmm. What, what you can do is build a strong relationship, at least le- learning from our experience, we can build a strong relationship and be able to learn from each other, right? Here are some of the new ways that I do it. And here are some right. of the historical ways that it's, it's been done. Now, where do those worlds kind of like merge? How can we continue to partner together? And then when it's time, I can use your strategy or when it's time, you can use my strategy. But now we have two different strategies that work. And mm-hmm. I feel like us doing that together kept us at one and two. Even Absolutely. though sometimes. Absolutely. Even though on the last day, sometimes I would be at number one by the time the final report comes out. I'd be like, oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you hit the nail on the head, bro. And that's, you know, why I'm so thankful for the experience to work with you because we were the most unlikely duo ever. I don't think anybody in that organization expected us to click. I think they were expecting opposition. And when we found strength in each other and started to work together, the magic started to flow. And I think we saw, I mean, we couldn't keep people out of our offices because they were needing that like-minded experience, that mentorship, that guidance. And you know how often I couldn't even get to my, I'd have to come to work two hours early to get to my work because I knew once people started coming and it's heavy, it's heavy. And it puts you in opposition with senior ups because they're now senior influence, but you're also saying, but this is BS. What they're saying in this instance is right. And that's where I can get in trouble because you know, I got to say it, you know, um, but you're right. And I hope that example for others, and I think we see it for the people that we worked with, we still hear from them all the time. And if there's anything that fuels my jets, it's that, you know, and seeing how they've all evolved and many of them are off doing entrepreneurial stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm so thankful for you because had you not opened that door, I am not, you know, that outgoing person that would have rolled up and ever extended a handshake the way you did. We would have just probably been really cool colleagues, right? That never got to know each other and really bond and get the things done we got done. Man, I think that that's amazing. And and one of the things that I like to ask, considering, you know, we talk about sports. I remember at the point in time that I was in Vegas is when they were talking about bringing the Raiders there. So it hadn't Mm -hmm. officially happened. Yep. That happened after I left. But I think about the Super Bowl and I think about like how much money goes into the ads. I want to give you an opportunity to answer a question. And it's pretty much like if you, if they came to you and said, B, we really appreciate all the work that you've been doing. We're going to sponsor a commercial for you, but it can't be any video. It's just going to be words up there. What's that one message that you would try to get out to the world? Uh, If I had a global platform like that, it would definitely be something about social justice and equality, race-based social justice. I mean, you're not going to give me that kind of platform. um, And I'm not going to lean into that because before I am anything else, I'm a black man. And I'm resolute in that fact. And I will say it. And, you know, I've, rub some corporate executives wrong over the last couple of years that I've leaned into my experience and embraced and shared my experiences. And they're like, we didn't know you. And I'm like, you never did, you know, but the reality is you didn't make a space to know me. You weren't intentionally trying to know me, but guess what? I know you. 
because I have had to sit like all of us have had to sit and live through your experience and conform my experience into make you comfortable. But you've never taken the time to really get to know Brian from Inglewood. And frankly, you can't handle knowing him. So I'm not gonna let you get to know him at this point. Because based on what you can handle, based on this limited social media post, oh my God, if you were exposed to me, the conversation me and my boys have, you'd probably want to jump off the bridge. So it's just being knowledgeable of that fact. And at some point, these sensitive and critical conversations about our lived experience and where they differ, differ from the mainstream lived experience have to occur for us to move forward as a unified group of people or humanity. Because at this point, you know, I'm fearful that we're on the brink of a civil war. So it would definitely be something around social justice and equality. Hey, Joe, you got any, any thoughts on that? I thought about it when you asked that question and I just felt the weight of the world on my shoulders. I'm thinking <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what would I say? What would I do? in this instance. And I think, Finn, I don't know if this is where you're going or not. The Super Bowl is just one day. Your commercial may get played twice that day. Mm -hmm. But the reality is we are that billboard or that commercial every day. Yeah. What are we saying every day that we come into contact with somebody else? So it just got real heavy on me for a second because I'm like, geez, you know, just that, you know, I say it all the time, Finn, we have a responsibility for accountability. Yeah. So as I'm being accountable for the message that I'm putting out there, my commercial, my Super Bowl ad that they're paying me for, what is it gonna say? So yeah, that was it, man. It's just, just kind of heavy for a second there. Yeah, it's tough, man, because like, here's the thing, it's all expenses paid, right? So that means you don't have to front any cost, you're not selling anything. But to your point, Joel, we're selling something every single day, every interaction, and us being able to navigate through that situation or those environments are extremely important that's a daily fight something that we got to go through every single day where it's like okay am i being tested but growing up the way i grew up being tested that way would result in a different action i cannot respond that way because right. it may hinder somebody else's opportunity for success so that's where i like look at those and i'm saying brian i learned so much from you and I can't go back and pull out most of those conversations because that's just how I interact mm -hmm. in my day to day now because mm -hmm. of those conversations. Wow. But if there's something that we can get out to people and and just like summarize some of those like backdoor conversations, those closed door conversations right. where right. nobody else is around and just give them a peek into it, that could also open up their Man. insights for more. Talk about, you know, you think about, you, you made me flash on something, you think about reality TV and everybody talks about the salacious situations that happen because it's, you know, attention getting, right? But man, you think about some of those behind door, you know, covert conversations that we can't have in front of the masses. And it's really not that it's secretive. It's just that our shared experience is too much for most people and it taints their, their perception of us, how they look at us, and more importantly, how they treat us, right? So... I don't even know if that content would even make it to the mainstream because it's it's too much, <laughs> bro. It's too much, you know. So that's that's the thing. I think, and then as tides start to shift, as you notice, there's been a big call. Like, so I remember, like the Black Lives Matter movement was really big. Social justice was really big, and then it got to the point where a lot of people are able to ask that question and say, "Hey, what about me?" Or I feel like you know I'm being forgotten about here. So it's like, okay, let's over rotate and that's what we do we don't know what the middle is because and let's be honest if we even get close to the middle and from our standpoint of what the middle is that's like 
doom for right. another set of another group of people right so they're uh, not we're not gonna get there that way however like having some level of balance to the conversation is important so getting that message out there is important you're right and it goes back to that whole you know and i love talking about diversity equity and inclusion you know and there's new words being infused like belonging and do new acronyms being the new words added to it you know that are really actionable around results but you know the equality word stands out for me because i think when people think equality they think one thing but when you think about equality in this context it's really leveling the playing field you know we weren't all given the same opportunities to get to the goal so if you, you know if, if the race for you is this long but it's for me this long then we've got to make steps to make sure that our we're competing against the same amount of land where the, the run the race you know the distance is the same for everybody and that you know the starting point and the ending point are the same and that's where that work becomes so important because institutionally things are designed without that thought process in mind so people of color and people that are disenfranchised are automatically set up for failure and very few people even though none of us are at the end of our journey even get to where we have gotten and we are all like unsatisfied with our level of success because we want more right but look at how few of us even get here, you know. It's the conversation I told Joel about. That's like, you know, if I had to look about look back at my career where I first started, I would talk about these things and I couldn't be a part of any of the change. Now I'm not saying I'm exactly. a part of all of the change now, but I'm a part of a lot of it. You right. And I, I gotta give myself some type of space for grace yes. in that. Yes. And understand that <laughs> I'm I'm making some type <laughs> yeah. of moves here. So mm -hmm. How do we look at this as success, even though we still want more? And that's one of the things that I learned from you is like, hey, if I'm going to call things out, then I need to be able to dot my eyes and cross my T's along the way mm -hmm. because people's always going to check my work. They're going to check behind Every me to make sure, you know, twice for us. That's just so my thing is always if you know that and we all know that whether we say it or not, why would you give you know, I just don't even want to give you an opportunity. It's unfortunate. But again, if I have clarity as to what I'm dealing with, shame on me if I don't take advantage of the things that I know and, and avoid the landmines. Absolutely. So to your call out, leveling the playing field is important. Um, everybody's starting point is different. And for us, I feel like I think I can speak for most, probably not all, but most, where we feel like we've been running this race for our whole life, right? You know, on every level, starting as a kid, that whole competition. And typically, if I saw you, let's say you went to an PWI school, let's just mm -hmm. say that, right? Um, and you were the only one, and then I came, typically now there's competition because we feel like Highlander, there can only be one. Only That's one. not the case. Kill right? or be killed. <laughs> <laughs> that, and yeah. it doesn't always have to be mm -hmm. the case. More times than none, it doesn't have to be the case at all. Right. So B, this is what I want to do. I appreciate yeah. you coming. Um, I do appreciate you spending time with us, but I know that your time is valued because like you got the whole collective. So yeah. this is what I want to do. I want to okay. call out. Um, how people can stay in contact with you, get in contact with you and follow some of the great things that you're doing just so we can make sure that, you know, we brought the audience to you. Yeah. We brought you to the audience, but yes. we also give them a way to, you know, check you out on your own. Yes. And thank you for that. You know, looking forward. I don't do nearly as good a job with my social media as I, as I should. I'm, I'm working to do better at it because, um, you know, we got some exciting projects coming up. Um, but, you know, my social media is probably the best way because I'm making a commitment um, my IG is Brightstar is him. That's B R I Star is him, one word. And my Twitter is Brightstar619, which is my birthday, June 19th. Um, and the Brightstar Collective is uh, brightstarcollective.com. 
um, and Star Mac Studios, which is, you know, where a lot of my energy is going right now is StarMacStudios.com. So we have a um, new single coming out in about two weeks and um, some new thing, single, uh, new stuff coming out with Miss Jones. So uh, pretty happy about that. So yeah, that's probably the best way to, to, to follow me and keep it. See, that's what I'm saying too. And we didn't even get a chance to talk about that partnership, which is major, oh, oh, you oh, know, Joel, you don't know this, but uh, B actually, during the middle of the pandemic, everybody's locked in the house on lockdown <laughs> or whatever, and he put together an amazing, like, pay-per-view show, like, to where he brought in a concert, like, I mean, he was singing, and he was leading <laughs> it, he was um, pretty much, like, starting out the conversation, uh, hosting it, it was, it was amazing from, like, start to finish, it was a great experience, man, I was expecting that to happen weekly. Me and my wife were jamming to it. Yeah, we were doing verses before verses. Verses before verses. Verses over. You know, thank you, Finn. You know, so it's called the Bright Star Soul Sessions, and it's it's our take on what my partner, you know, Maxine Jones, uh, one of the original members of In Vogue. Um, so Max is my business partner in all things creative, and now business. We own um, a foundation together. We own Star Max Studios together. I'm executive producer in music and a sing background for. So I really do get to uh, um, exist in these two worlds. So right when COVID started, we had a residency set up with monthly shows for the Bright Star Soul Sessions. And the concept is, is Max performing some of the Invoke favorites, some of her favorite covers and debuting her new music. But what was dope about it is that each show, it would be Maxine and friends. So for the one Dwayne is mentioning, we bought in my boy, Tony Terry, um, you know, R&B legend. So it was Tony Terry, Maxine and I, we literally did a freestyle concert. They did, I think six songs each, you know, we all backed each other up and we did a free of mind freestyle and raised money for some charitable organizations. So that is definitely getting back on track. The live stream experience was dope. It was weird performing to an empty audience, you know, with the, the online feedback was cool and we got some, some cool footage from it. But we are now, and I can share this publicly in the final stages of gearing up for a summer launch of in-person events with the Bright Star Soul Sessions with Maxine. So we're really, really close to securing a venue. We've got our, our sponsors and our partners in place and, and um, she's got a new single coming out and lots and lots of new music. We did a Christmas song and video at our studio. I don't know if you saw it. Um, so yeah, so that entertainment piece is kind of moving up in terms of prominence and where the presence is. So I'm super excited about that. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'm mean, I'm really excited about everything you're doing. But anytime I get a chance to just sit back and then watch you do good and do your your stuff, then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take advantage of that. So keep that information going. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Hey, Joel, do you want to go ahead and close this out? Listen, man. Uh, I was just over here. I don't know. I, I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. So, um, Brian, again, thank you a hundred times over. Truly My appreciate pleasure. it. Um. I, I took away so many nuggets. I'm, I'm big on the sifting for gold and keeping the nuggets that, that work for you. Yeah. So my pockets are full right now. And I just want to say I'm appreciative. Uh, and, and for anybody who is truly interested in good music, clearly, we got clearly it. this brother knows what he's talking about. Yeah, so go yeah. check him out. And, and Dwayne, I'm sure we're going to link all of everything in the, in the show notes. So folks, thank you for, for listening today. Thank you yes. for checking out the episode. Go dig in, check out Brian and everything he's got going, as you can see in here. It's a ton of stuff he's got going on. Uh, so check him out. Um, support. Uh, we appreciate you for being on. And we will see you all next time. Yay. Thanks, guys. It's been fun. Big thanks to my friend and mentor, Mr. Brian Martin, for joining us today. To learn more about Brian and everything that he's up to, we linked all his information in the show notes. And we value good conversations and good relationships, and this is one that we will truly cherish. So why not reach out to Brian, whether it be on his Instagram or Twitter, 
and let them know what you enjoyed the most about the episode. And while you're at it, please share the podcast with your friends and family. Friends of family and family of friends. Because there's not too many things better than a community developing together. And remember, your life only gets better when you do. Work on yourself first and the rest will follow. Let that be a testament to your own development. See you next time.